Praise the Lord, saints. Let's enjoy hymn number 255. 255. Oh 
Praise the Lord. We want to breathe out all our sorrow. Amen. His fullness. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, we are breathing in thy fullness. Amen. Amen. Lord, help us to pour into thy bosom all our life of self and sin. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, let's come to the scripture reading now for tonight. So we can start a bit earlier. Uh, Brother Etienne, would you be able to divide in us into groups that we will cover the whole chapter 13 tonight? There are 35 verses. Yeah. Amen. Well, chapter 13. <laughs> Uh, he's talking about how the Lord is burdened for the religious people to come in to enjoy the Jubilee. Uh, should I repeat, all these 35 verses reveal to us how the Lord is aspire his people to come to enjoy the reality of the Jubilee. Okay, if you have that view and read the verses, you can get the picture. Then afterward, let's all how to share. Uh, particularly, let's learn how to speak. We want to let the truth constitute into us. Okay, uh, I think uh, we're all back. I hope uh, most of you saints managed to get through chapter 13. But uh, it's helpful to, um, before we get into prop chapter 13 proper, to, to review where we are in the book of Luke. Last week, what we saw was the Lord was making his way to Jerusalem. So initially, his ministry was in Galilee on the northeast. And at a certain point, the Lord made a turn uh, and he was making his way down to Jerusalem. Uh, and on his way down, there were many experiences and many uh, cases that Luke accounts for. And some of them were recorded in chapter 12. And specifically, on their way to Jerusalem, the Lord took the opportunity to, uh, to care for his disciples. On their way to Jerusalem, the Lord realized that his disciples would be experienced, would be exposed to a certain atmosphere. The atmosphere was one that's concerned with the human daily necessities and also one that is concerned with the religious activities. So the Lord took this opportunity and warned his disciples to be careful concerning the leaven of the Pharisees, which was hypocrisy. 
he warned them that, um, you know, the, 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 the followers of the Lord, his disciples at this point, they were only from the Jewish religion or from the Jewish culture. So to be in the atmosphere or to be in the same city as the uh, Pharisees, those who are regarded in the Jewish religion could potentially distract them uh, from, from following him and being in the Jubilee. So the Lord warned them to be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the next concern that the Lord addressed, a uh, warning rather, was that they would not be covetous. Uh, the Lord, Luke records a story of someone who demands that the Lord would uh, cause them to share the inheritance. And the Lord takes this opportunity to, to help the disciples to have a realization that as they are following the Lord, as they are pursuing the Lord, seeking to be one with him, to, to spread the jubilee, to accomplish God's goal, uh, actually the father was the one taking care of every one of their needs, every one of their needs concerning their food and concerning their clothing. The father was the one taking care of each one of their needs. And if they, the disciples were faithful to be one with the Lord, in this stage of the Jubilee, uh, then they would enter into another part uh, of the Jubilee that is in the, in, the, in the millennial, in the millennial kingdom. So the Lord will encourage the disciples that he would die and resurrect. And for a certain time, he would be absent. However, if the disciples were faithful, that is, they were faithful to, to wait for their master they were men who, uh, who are waiting for his, their master when he returns from the wedding feast. Then the Lord would reward them. Actually, he would cause them to recline and he would minister to them. He would serve them. So, so this was the Lord's shepherding his disciples, not to be distracted from the present jubilee. And if they're faithful to enjoy the present jubilee, he would reward them with the jubilee in the next age. And at that point, the Lord begins to open up what is on his heart. Uh, this is the section where he begins to show them that he had a baptism with which he was to be baptized. And he was longing. He had a desperation. He was desperate that this baptism would be accomplished. He had a fire to cast on the earth. So he desired that this fire would, would be cast, would be released eventually to all his people, uh, such his people would, would be one with him in such a, uh, to, to have this kind of a desire. Of course, we, we see this desperation in Luke, but in the book of Acts, we actually see the fire. Actually, the, if you look at the book of Acts, you could say the book of Acts is that fire cast down. That when that fire is cast down, that's what it looks like. It's, the, it's his, his uh, members cooperating, being one with him to spread the Jubilee across, uh, across all, all, all over the earth. So, so this was the Lord opening his desire to, to release his life so that he, um, he would bring many into the enjoyment of the Jubilee. And after he had said this uh, in verse 54 of chapter 12, he turned to the crowds. 
So what I just mentioned right now, he was speaking specifically to his disciples. And then in verse 54 of chapter 12, this is a quick review. He turned to the crowds and then he began to um, mention the, 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 uh, how they are short concerning the discernment of the time. Uh, the, 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 the crowds, the people, they knew how to read the sky and how to read the earth. If they saw a cloud in the sky, they could tell where they would rain. If they saw the wind, the south wind blowing, they could tell it's going to be hot the next day. But the Lord was, was uh, bothered or burdened that these people could not read the time. The time that the Lord had come or the time at which they were living in, it was a time for them to repent and to come to enter, to receive the Lord, to, to, uh, to receive him as the Jubilee. But the, the people were not, were, did not, did not discern the time. So the last part of chapter 12, there's this uh, somewhat a, a weird uh, story. Their Lord, the Lord says, for as you are going with your opponent at law to a magistrate, endeavor to be released from him on the way. It seems this is out of, it makes no sense. But actually the Lord was uh, charging the, the, the people, the crowds, to repent, to realize that the time they were in had been a time of jubilee. It had been a time for them to enter into the jubilee to come out of the law, to come out of all these uh, outward empty practices, but to come into the reality. Uh, so he charged them to endeavor to be released. Otherwise, uh, the, the opponent would deliver them to the magistrate and the magistrate to the officer and the officer to prison. And there, they will have to pay and they will have to stay until every uh, last payment is made uh, of, uh, it says here, a lepton or a copper coin. Even the least, the smallest amount of um, uh, uh, a debt they owed to the law, they would have to pay. So it is in this context when the Lord is speaking to, to this people concerning their need to enter into the Jubilee. It is in this context that we begin chapter 13. So chapter 13 covers five sections. I will take care of the first two. And the first section actually is concerning the Lord's teaching concerning repentance. In particular here, this is the repentance of the Jews. So uh, I read verse 1. It said at that moment, uh, that, that word says, now there were some present at, that same at the same time who reported to the Lord concerning the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with, the, with their sacrifices. And these ones reported to the Lord this incident, and the Lord took this opportunity, and he asked them, do you think that these Galileans were sinners beyond all the Galileans? because they suffered these things? Well, actually, verse three, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. 
So here the Lord was burdened for, for the Jewish people to turn, to repent, to receive the Jubilee, to come out of all these uh, old traditional uh, lifeless things that do not accomplish God's goal. Um, so here he showed them that actually their need was to repent. You know, the, the, the people thought, uh, wow, these ones, they, they, their death was quite extreme. You know, their, their, their blood was mixed with sacrifices. This means they must have been the worst people. The Lord takes this opportunity to actually, actually, you, unless you repent, you are also like them. So the point is here, in order for us, brothers and sisters, to participate in God's economy, in the jubilee, we all need to repent. We all need to repent. To repent means to change our mind, to change our mind. You know, we may have a, uh, we may be Jewish. The, the people here, they were Jewish. They were God's people. But they did not discern the time. Now the time had turned from those outward things to receiving the jubilee, which the son of man was, had brought. If they were not willing to repent, the Lord revealed that actually all their, uh, their tradition, all their culture did not mean anything. So no matter what their condition were, you know, whether they were the, 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 the Galileans who, who, who's, uh, who experienced these, who suffered these things or not, actually they were required to repent. Uh, I was enjoying this verse earlier today in Acts 17. Maybe I'll just mention it because of time. In Acts 17, verse 30, they, Paul was in Athens and there were people who had all kinds of uh, um, uh, uh, um, altars to all kinds of gods, all kinds of religious, traditional things. And Paul, he said, God had actually looked over the past offenses, but he, he is right now charging, actually commanding all men, all men, all the Galileans, no matter what kind of a Galilean they were. The, the point is in the, in the New Testament, Jubilee, the Lord is charging every man to repent. So this is what uh, the, the this is how the Lord was was um, uh, 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 impressing upon these uh, people that actually their need um, they were not better than those Galileans who had died by this way. Actually, not only these Galileans, but there's another account of the eighteen who died when the tower in uh, Siloam, uh, yes, Siloam, or Sh Sh Shalom, I think, um, in other parts of the Bible it calls it. But the point is, our need in the New Testament age is not to compare, this one was, must have been worse, I'm better. Actually, we need to repent. We need to repent uh, in order to enjoy, to be in the New Testament Jubilee. Actually, this is what John the Baptist had preached. He told the people to repent for the kingdom. 
And the Lord had also come to also charge people to repent. So the Lord here again was emphasizing, you need to realize the time. You need to discern the time. The time we're in is one way you need to be in the Jubilee. And your entrance into the Jubilee, into the enjoyment of, 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 of the New Testament economy is to repent. So, so this is what the Lord was, was, was uh, emphasizing. And therefore, he told them uh, a, 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 a parable. The parable is in verse 6. Uh, in verse 6, he said, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and did not find any. This certain man here is actually God himself. God uprooted the people of Israel from Egypt, and he actually planted them on his vineyard. That is the good land, the land of Israel. And he came in in the sun. In time, God in the sun came to seek fruit from this uh, fig tree that is the nation of Israel. After he planted them in the good land, he came in to seek fruit, but he did not find any. So in verse 7, he said to the vine dresser, behold, for three years, the Lord Jesus, who is God coming in the sun, had been ministering in Israel at this time for about three years. And there was no response concerning repentance. They were, there was no turning of the heart. There's no um, changing of their thought to enter into the Jubilee. So uh, the, the, the father's um, initial uh, thought was, I've come seeking for fruit and I didn't find any. So he charged the vine dresser, cut it down, therefore. Why does it make the ground useless? In verse 8, but he answered, this is the vine dresser. This is the son. He said to, the, to him, master, leave it this year also until I dig around it and throw on manure. Actually, here, the, this shows us a picture. This is a wonderful picture. Actually, the Lord Jesus interceded. That is, he, he, uh, he uh, interfered for the benefit of the children of Israel. He, he interfered that, no, do not cut it down yet. How about, uh, let's give it another opportunity. I will die. I will go into the ground, that is to dig up around it, and I will... Uh, um, uh, add manure. Actually, this was this was the Lord. This this means the Lord would give them more grace, give them more grace, give them more opportunity to to repent. That is, He would die, and He would resurrect, and He would become the Spirit for them to receive and enter into the New Testament jubilee. And then if, the, if this fig tree, this is verse 9, if this fig tree does not produce fruit in the future, uh, sorry, if it produces fruit, then good. This was the Lord's heart. 
he actually desired the children of Israel to repent, to enter into the Jubilee so that there would be fruit. Um, but if otherwise, if they would not repent, if they would not, uh, even, even when the Lord had become the spirit, that is, he had dug around, he had died, entered into the ground and resurrected and poured himself as the spirit, would they, would they receive him? If not, then you could cut it down. Uh, actually, history shows us that the children of Israel did not uh, heed the Lord's word. So they were, the nation of Israel uh, was cut down. You know, the temple was destroyed. Um, but, but the point is, here yeah, we see the, the need for all to repent. You know, we, we, the Lord has given us so much grace, so much grace. You know, in any way that we are not in the Jubilee, in any way that we are not enjoying him, um, we, we need to repent. You know, whatever it is, um, it could be our, 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 our spiritual history or whatever kind of a history we have. The point is, no matter what kind of a history we have, we need to repent and enter into the New Testament Jubilee. Okay, and then we, uh, we continue on to the next section where the Lord actually was, um, it was on a Sabbath. He was in a synagogue and there was a woman who was double bent because she was suffering from a spirit of infirmity uh, or weakness. Um, so the Lord call, saw this woman and he called her and he, uh, he forgave her. He, he released her. Sorry. That's what it said. He laid hands on her and instantly she was made erect and began to glorify God. So here we see um, that this woman had been under this uh, affliction or this kind of a, a, a bondage for 18 years, 18 years. She had been under this kind of a bondage and the Lord took this opportunity, seeing her, called her to himself and said to her, woman, you are released. Actually, I'd never realized this. The Lord realized this woman had been bound. And according to Luke chapter 4, the Lord had been uh, uh, anointed to announce release to the captives. If you remember in chapter 4, when the Lord read the scroll of, uh, in Isaiah, he had come to the earth for this purpose, that God's people would be released to the enjoyment of him, to enjoy God. However, this woman had been under this affliction where the, the, there was a spirit of infirmity. You know, she was bent double. That is, she could not look up. Actually, that means she was bound to the earth. She could not have the heavenly view, the heavenly sight. All, you know, this, this shows us that this, this, uh, this is a picture of someone who had been so afflicted to the point that they cannot. They're just so weak. That's what infirmity means. It means feeble 
or uh, are frail. They just cannot turn to the Lord. They just cannot. They're unable to. They actually need such a release. So this is a picture. Not only was she a woman, a weaker vessel, but in addition, she had something, a spirit of infirmity. Um, so the Lord laid hands on her to release her. Wow. This was her experience of the Jubilee. This was this woman's experience of entering into the release of God's New Testament economy. She was released from, from all that was bind, binding her. Of course, this kind of a, uh, 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 um, a healing from the Lord stirred something up stirred something up uh, within the ruler of the synagogue. Uh, it says in verse 14, but the ruler of the synagogue being indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Wow, I, I, I don't know about you. When I read this passage, I just couldn't um, believe the heartlessness um, the, uh, you know, the, the condition of God's people at this point, they cared more about the outward deformed religious practices more than the well-being of, of this person, the release of this person. What, they, what this person cared for was the keeping of a dead form. Oh, I'm just like, Lord, may we not be such, but we would care for the entry, the enjoyment of the Jubilee, the release from all kinds of things to enjoy God. You know, I, I really appreciate it. When this woman was released, the first thing she did was to glorify God. Wow, she was, wow, I'm like, th this, is, this is what we need to care for the enjoyment of the Lord, to glorify him, to express him, to magnify him. Instead of, instead of this, the ruler cared for deformed outward practices. And his response was, uh, there are six days in which a man should work. Sounds right. That's what the Bible says, right? Six days. If you look in Genesis, yep, and, and in Exodus, He's right. There are six days in which a man should work. Therefore, come on those days and be healed, and not on a Sabbath day. Uh, so we see here the, the effect of religion. Religion cares for the outward things. You know, I was helped one, one uh, if you look in John 5, you know, the Pharisees were beginning to come to God's word, but they were not willing to come to the Lord. Here is a picture of someone, but the Lord does not care for the Lord. He's just caring for the empty word. Oh, that's actually how religion works. Religion cares for the empty word, abuses the word, and misses the person. You know, in the New Testament Jubilee, 
the person and the word are one. We care for both. We care for the living word of God. This is who the Lord is. We need to be those who are caring for this. Anyway, um, uh, okay, uh, time is, is not on my side, but I'm just really touched by this, that, you know, even those under our care, brothers and sisters, we need to bring them into the enjoyment of the Lord. This is what, the, the, this is what we need to bring them into the enjoyment of the Jubilee. Um, okay, so the Lord, uh, after this person, this ruler of the synagogue, reprimanded the people saying, use the other six days. You have six days to be healed. Don't use the Sabbath for, for healing. Uh, this obviously stirred an argument. The Lord answered him, that's in verse six, 15, and said, hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away and water it? And this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18, for 18 years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? So the Lord was actually bringing the jubilee, not caring for, for these outward practices. Here the Lord showed that actually the Sabbath day was the best day for the woman to be released. The Sabbath was not meant uh, for men. Man was not meant for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was for men, for men to enjoy God. Uh, actually, if you look in, in, in Genesis, you realize that's what the Sabbath was for. It was for man to spend time enjoying God, not caring for religious activities for religious practices, but to learn, uh, to, for man to care for the enjoyment of God, to be one with God. Actually, Luke records this passage uh, specifically here in order to show uh, specifically, in particular, his disciples that the Lord's going to Jerusalem was not to keep practices, uh, dead practices. Actually, the Lord would break all those. He did not care for those practices or outward uh, old traditions. Rather, the Lord cared to bring in the Jubilee. So actually, the Lord was showing here that on his way, as he is announcing bringing the Jubilee, the major frustration was religion. Actually, here we see religion and Satan, uh, two things. The earth, remember the double-bent woman was bound to the earth. She could not look up. So Satan uses the earth, the world, and religion to keep people away from God, to keep people away from the enjoyment of the Lord. I'd never realized this. Today, actually, two things are keeping people from enjoying Christ. It's religion and the world. 
I, I think uh, because of time, I, 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 better, I better stop here. But this, this is the first part of, of, of uh, Luke 13. The Lord showed us our need to repent and to enter into the Jubilee. And as we seek to do so, two things we need to be careful for. Religion and the world. Okay, I'll hand over to Brother John. He could continue. Amen. Amen. Good. Just to remind that Brother Hector mentioned in chapter 13, we cover five points. And we all learn. How about tonight? Let's all keep learning. We would like to learn how to let the word constitute it into us. Saints, not just listen, but let's learn. We close the Bible tonight. We're able to speak. What are the five points in Luke 13? Before, I got more impression of Matthew 13. But today I feel Luke 13 is also a very important chapter. There are five points regarding five points cover in Luke 13. Uh, Hector already covered two points. The first point in Luke 13, talking about repent to Jubilee. Just write it down so you're able to speak. Maybe we can ask someone to volunteer what are the five points. And number two is to get released from infirmity, that is weaknesses, to be released from weaknesses. This is the second point. And then the third point is discern the mustard and the leaven. The mustard become the tree that is outward appearance and leaven is inward nature. It become the leaven. That's number three. And number four, we want to see a struggle to enter to the kingdom. This is the fourth thing the Lord uh, remind us how to get into kingdom. That is endeavor, struggle. And the last one is an attitude of uninterrupted. Do not let anything interrupt you. Uh, these are the five points regarding Matthew uh, Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13 is a chapter mentioned about how the Lord bring us, especially the religion people, into the enjoyment of the kingdom. As Brother Hector mentioned, the first part of chapter 13. Uh, look, now there were some, verse 1, uh, some present at that time, they reported the Lord Jesus. They're complaining. They're telling, hey, Pilate, he mixed the blood with the Galilean. That means Pilate, he killed some Galilean and used that blood mixed together with a sacrifice. And, and they speak to the Lord, Lord, do you know Pilate did this? 
some Galileans were killed and his, their blood were mixed. Pilate mixed their blood with the sacrifice. And then the Lord speak to them, answer said to them, do you think that this Galilean who were killed, do you think they were killed because of sin? They have more sins and that's why they got suffer and they've been killed. And circle the word sinners. The Lord said, change your concept. Don't just keep barking about the sin or not. Religious people always find out, is this sin or not? Religious people pay a lot of attention. Sin or not sin. They forget about life or death. Uh, they forget about jubilee. Christ came is to bring us into Jubilee. And then the Lord verse 3 said, no, I tell you, unless you repent, that means change your mind, change your concept. Otherwise, you also likewise, you will be killed. Don't think this Galilean, they were killed because they had more sin. Religious people always feel oh, around the sin. A second example, the Lord mentioned those 18 who was collapsed in the Tower of Siloam okay, and being killed. Then the Lord said, do you think they were deter more than other people who stay in Jerusalem? No. I tell you, unless you change your concept, you're going to be die also. Don't think the people who die, the people who kill, they, are, they have more sin. This is your religious concept. Focus, change. If you did not repent into the enjoyment of Christ, you're going to be killed. And verse 6 is a clear explanation. And he told the parable that a certain man had a fig tree. But that fig tree did not plant it in the fig farm. But it was fig, it was planted in the vineyard. Vineyard, of course, fig tree typified Israelites or Israel. Israel was planted in the vineyard. Vineyard referred to Jerusalem. God chose his people and brought them into Jerusalem. In Psalms chapter 18, verse 8, he brought his people out of Egypt and brought them to Jerusalem. That is the vineyard. And then he came, um, came to seek, seek the fruit and he did not find it. Rather, full of leaves. That means Israel, you don't enjoy Christ. You have nothing to satisfy God. He has placed you in the vineyard, the most excellent Pleasant choice in the vineyard, but that is the center. Last week we talked about the center of the culture, the center of the enjoyment. That's the top portion, but you did not do anything to enjoy to to satisfy God. But you're full of outward show, all the lips, and God came. He placed you in the vineyard, 
you should have a lot of enjoyment from the jubilee that something produced out of Christ for God's enjoyment. But you just have an outward show. You do not have inward reality. You did not have Christ, but you just a lot of activities. All the lips, waving lips, activity, moving lips, a lot of movement. And he came to seek for the fruit, and he did not find it. God came. I put you in the vineyard in a wonderful church life, and you did not enjoy jubilee, but you got a lot of activities. And verse 7, he said to the vine dresser, that is big, the Lord Jesus is the vine dresser, the one, the farmer. He said, behold, for three years I have come seeking fruit on the fig tree. God said, I found not any. Chop it off. Therefore, why it also make the ground useless? Now, if you go to the footnote, yeah, the ground I gave you, Jerusalem, wonderful place. And, but now you deplete the soil. That means you're wasting the soil. And you intercept the sun. That is, you are catching the sun and you are taking place, occupy the room, the space. And verse 8, but the Lord Jesus answered and say to the master, oh, no, 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 don't chop it now, don't chop it now. Leave it this year also until I dig around. I dig around it and throw on manure. The Lord said, I will die and become the life supply and fertilize it. Manure is fertilizer. Make it rich. Supply them. I'll supply them. I will cut, dig around. That means he will go to the cross and die for them to become the life-giving spirit to supply fertilizer, to supply riches for them. And verse 9, then if it produces fruit in the future, Good, let's keep it. Otherwise, let's cut it down. In fact, we saw at the year of AD 17, the Lord cut it down. He allows Prince Titus came in to burn Jerusalem and it been cut down. And that is the stubbornness of religion. The religion, you know, they did not repent. They just around sin or not sin. Is this right or wrong? This is not right. This is, they forget about Christ. They did, not, they did not focus on Christ. Did not focus on life. They did not enjoy jubilee. They just busy with outward activity, full of lips. And God did not find any fruit from them. And then verse 10. Um, he was teaching, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Behold, there was a woman. Who is this woman? This woman was possessed by the spirit of infirmity. Look. Um, verse 16. And this woman 
being a daughter of Abraham, what that means. Okay. Outwardly, you saw this woman. Actually, this woman is daughter of Abraham. That means this is Israelites. This is the Jews. You love this woman, it's actually it's you. You are you, all, you, you religious people, you Israelites, you Jews, you are double bent. Or you was possessed by the spirit of infirmity, the spirit of weaknesses. Look, the spirit in footnote 11 to bending together. That means not only bend, but double bend. <laughs> Signify a person being oppressed by a demon to an extreme so that this person bent toward satanic world only and unable to stand up. They keep the law. They've been possessed by the demon. And this demon, and where am I now? <laughs> This is actually, um, as we know, this is different from the fallen angels. Fallen angels are um, different from the unclean spirit. Uh, and uh, the fallen angels are the one who join with Satan, they're in the air. But the unclean spirit are those um, before Adam's all the creatures before Adam. And today they are joined with Satan and they move on earth to bind uh, God's people for them to enjoy Christ. The children of Israel, these are the daughter of Abraham. They've been possessed by the spirit of infirmity, not by the life-giving spirit but by the unclean spirit. The unclean spirit caused them to be double-bent. No? They are bound by this evil spirit. And then together with the religious ruler, 14.1, Satan used not only the evil spirit to possess the woman, but also the religious ruler to oppose her being released by the Lord. Okay. The Lord came to the children of Israel, to the descendant of Abraham. The Lord came to release us, to release them. Okay. Remember, it is not this woman come, but the Lord came to see her and to release her. Verse 12, Jesus, seeing her, called her to him. Say to her, woman, you are released. Underline the word release. That, and on top of that, write jubilee. Woman, you are free. I came to set you free. Free from the bondage of the spirit, the evil spirit, the spirit of infirmity. That spirit caused you weak. I came to set you free. Jubilee. The book of Luke is revealed to us how to enjoy Jubilee. One of the things frustrate us to enjoy Jubilee is the religion. Chapter 13 shows us how religion frustrates us. 
First part, the Lord said, repent, change your concept, forget about sin, but go, enjoy Christ for the food, as fruit for God's enjoyment. What God enjoys is Christ. Maybe you don't have any sin, but they say, if you did not repent, you're going to die. These people die not because they have more sin. Forget about that. Number two, the second picture in chapter 13, to be released from the spirit of infirmity. Amen. Verse 15, the Lord answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each of you on Sabbath untie ox or his donkey from the manger? Okay. Under that ox and donkey, these are the religious workers. People want to be ox and donkey. They want to be bound by this. Even the Lord said, I want to un untie you. Religious workers, they want to work for God, but they ignore Jubilee. <clears throat> and all right, this is the second part of Luke 13. Let's come to the third part of Luke 13. Um, Third part is chapter 13, verse 18 to 21. Okay. The Lord said to them, if you want to get released from the bondage, you need to discern where are you now? And he said, what is the kingdom of God like? Encircle the word like. Like is okay. the appearance. It looks like this one. Don't deceive by the outward appearance. Like to what I shall like it. And the 19 is like a master seed, which a man took and threw into his own garden. And it grew and became a tree. And the birds of heaven roosted on its branch. Some people say, yeah, look at that. Our faith before just like the master and now become a tree. No, 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 no. That, that tree become the herb that is the changing of the nature. God's people, we should be herb, herb to satisfy people. It did become the tree. And then the birds will, of heaven will roost in its branches. On top of birds, you say, you read it there, chapter 8, verse 5. If the if same book, chapter 8, talking about the bird is devil, how can you translate this bird become a good angel? <coughs> okay. The Lord saying, okay, don't get deceived. Okay. The appearance of the kingdom, it already changed the appearance. Instead, herb to feed others, it becomes a tree and let the devil come. The whole Christians, the whole Christianity, the, the system, the policy, it changed. And the demon or devil come and roost it on it. It become a tree. Christian, Christian is good, but when it become a Christianity, 
that become a tree, that become a system, that become a dome, Christian dome, kingdom, dome, dome, D-O-M, that is become a big tree. And Satan, look at today, Christianity, it become an enterprises, it become merchant. Birds of heaven roosted in its branches. It catches many things, just like the, it's just like the third church in Revelation. Uh, it is like the church in Pergamos, the church married to the world. The church should be a bride, should be a virgin, but now they all kind of enterprises like the bird roosted on this Christianity tree. And it, the Lord said, like the Pergamos, you know, Pergam. No, 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 no. Perga is a kind of married. Polygamy is mar many marries, married. And Perga, Pergamos, just like the church, married to the world. Today, we are not married to the world, but we separate from the world. But now, just like in the history, Constantine married to the world, bringing all kind of birds come in. And the Lord said, this thing bring us out of the enjoyment of Jubilee. You need to discern, is this the earth or is that the tree? If that is a tree, that is a tree, all the birds of the heaven referring to the devil roosted on it. And then verse 20, outwardly, it's like a tree. And then he said, and again, he said, to what I shall liken the kingdom of God, another liken. First liken is verse 18, you encircle it. The liken, the second liken is verse 20, you also like encircle it and join it with one line. Outwardly, it likes a tree. Inwardly, it likes what? Verse 21, it like leaven, which a woman took. That woman signified Catholic, Jezebel, took and hide it in three measures of meal until the whole was leaven. Outwardly, the appearance changed, corrupted. Inwardly, the nature also corrupted. And woman, just to um, typify the pagan practices, like Jezebel took the pagan practices, bring God's people into the sin of idolatry and fornications. And it mixed with the different teaching concerning Christ. Leaven, the whole content of the Christianity. All this teaching about Christ has been corrupted. He hide it into the measure. The full measure is for a meal. That means we're supposed to enjoy Christ as the whole meal. But everything related to Christ from incarnation, human living, crucifixion, 
resurrection, everything, the whole meal. Incarnation become Christmas. <laughs> resurrection become Easter. Everything, everything. It's just like leaven. You know leaven means yeast. Make the bread become soft and tender, palatable, delicious. But that leaven, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 and 8, talking about these are all the sinful things being added. And Matthew chapter 6, chapter 16, verse 6, 11 and 12, all this leaven in the Bible never speak in a positive sense. Every time leaven is negative. Did you see? This is how the Lord said, you get to discern. Don't be deceived by the outward appearance and the inward nature of the kingdom. And this will take you away from the enjoyment of Jubilee. Let's come number four and look in 22 and he journeys throughout the cities and villages teaching and making his way toward Jerusalem. Some said to him, Lord, are there only few who are being saved? And circle the word being saved. <clears throat> they are asking the Lord about salvation. Lord, is that all who people got saved? Let's go to verse 28. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be cast outside and circle the word kingdom. These two circles. One is being saved, another one is kingdom. What they ask the Lord is about salvation. The Lord answer is about kingdom. Um, okay, let's come. Verse 23. Are there only a few who are being saved? Then the Lord said to them, struggle and endeavor to enter through the narrow door. That means endeavor, try your best. You get it, you must get into the narrow door because the matter of kingdom, I will tell you, you will seek to enter. Many also will seek to enter, yet they will not be able to enter into the kingdom. You care for salvation, but I like to tell you, you must struggle. You must pay the price. You must endeavor to enter through the narrow door. The entrance is small. And 25, once when the master of the house has risen, that means when the master rises up, when the Lord rises up, the kingdom, and then he will shut the door. You talk about salvation. But one day the kingdom, the door will shut. Don't think that is open forever. And then when the door is shut, you begin start, you begin to stand outside and knock on the door. You say, Lord, open to us. Then the master will answer and say to you, 
I do not know you, nor where you're from. 26. Then you will begin to say, oh, we ate in your presence and drunk. You taught in our sleep. We attend home meetings. <laughs> we attend many meetings. We go to service. We go to Sunday service. We get a lot of activities. We also attend a lot of sermon, a lot of services. We attend home meetings. We attend Bible study. <laughs> uh, the, you might tell the Lord, we even attend Bible study. You teach us. And the Lord will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you're from. Go away from me. All you workers of unrighteousness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There. What is there? In the kingdom. There in the kingdom, you will see. And circle the word see. You're going to see. Abraham is in the kingdom. Isaac is in the kingdom. Jacob is in the kingdom. Together with all the prophets. Elijah and Elisha. They're in the kingdom of God. Then the feast. But you, you are being cast outside. Oh, Lord. I read to you 28, the footnote of 28.2. Uh, that is 43 in chapter 4. That is um, the word weeping. Okay, here, the Jews, they are asking about the salvation in verse 23. But the Lord answered concerning participation in the kingdom of God in the millennium. You're asking the salvation. Lord, are they going to save? The Lord says, save or not save. Mm -hmm. It's not yet the prime thing. The prime thing, are you going to be in the kingdom? He said, uh, participation in the kingdom of God in the millennium. That millennium, which will underline what the most enjoyable part of God's full salvation before the enjoyment of New Jerusalem. Before the New Jerusalem, there is a prime enjoyment. That is the enjoyment of the kingdom. That is the enjoyment of Jubilee to the topmost. People, are, are they safe or not? The Lord say, care for the enjoyment of the Jubilee. You have to struggle, endeavor to enter through the narrow door. That means pay the price, enter. One day, you say, one day I'm going to get in. Then when the master rise up, he will not know you. And verse 29, you even recognize who is Abraham, who is Isaac, you is all of this prophet. Even you recognize them, you know them, but you will be cast out. That means you have some knowledge, but your knowledge no enjoyment of Jubilee will not bring you to the kingdom. And then the Lord speak to these religious people and they will come from the east, west, south, north. That means from all over the world. They will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. Recline, that means they will have a real rest, enjoyment. Mm. Praise the Lord. We're not only sitting around the table, but recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And verse 13, behold, there are some 
last, that is the Gentiles, who will be the first. But you, the Jews, the religious people, uh, who are the first, and you will become the last. The first become the last, the last become the first. These are referring to the Gentiles and the Jews. And okay, let's come to the last part. I hope we are all able to speak when you close the Bible. These are the five parts. Is there anybody who the volunteer for the first four part? Number one is what? The, oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. Can I hear someone say something? How about that? Okay. Before we come to the last part, any volunteers? So that I know how much we are enjoying here. How about one volunteer? Uh, point one was the repentance to Jubilee to enjoy the Lord. Point two Amen. was the release from infirmity to our weaknesses. And point three is to turn the master and the leaven. And point yes. four is struggle to enter into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Another volunteer. How about that? One more. One more. Amen, saints. I, I will. I will try. The first go point on, is go. for our repentance to jubilee. Yeah. Uh, the second point is to us for us to be get to be to get released from infirmities and to enter into jubilee. Yeah. And the third one is the discerning, the the descent of the mustard and the living. And the yes. fourth one is to, for us to struggle to enter into the kingdom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. That's very encouraging. Okay, let's come to the fifth one. And hopefully today when we break in the group, let's learn to speak without looking. I hope so. Anyway, if you forget, you're still welcome to look. The fifth point on chapter 13 is the word uninterrupted. This word uninterrupted. No, look in verse 31. In the same hour, some Pharisees came up saying to the Lord, Get out, go from here, stay, run away. Here, we're going to kill you, Jesus. And the Lord said to them, Go and tell Herod. You know what they say? The fox. <laughs> the Lord called Herod the fox. <clears throat> Behold, I cast out demons and accomplish the healing today, tomorrow, and on the third day in resurrection. I am perfected. That is, we are on the third day. Dead cannot hold the resurrection life. Even there are many hindrances, but dead cannot hold the resurrection life. Today we have the resurrection life Nothing can hold him. He does want to do something, but God also wants to do something. Compared to God, Hero is just like a fox. He is so small, he tries to find many ways, but he cannot hold the resurrection life. We have the resurrection life on the third day. We keep going on. This, we have a life of uninterrupted. This week, morning revival, when Elijah is perfecting Elisha, he brought him into four journeys. 
The first journey is Gilgal, means to deal with his place, circumcision. The second is to deal with Bethel, that is to separate from the world. Bethel is opposite to AI. AI is a heap of collapse. Bethel is opposite, which is the house of God. The third is to pass through and, uh, Jericho. And Jericho is uh, all kind of hindrance, obstacle. When they get into Jericho, the city is haughty. The city is fortress. But you have to pass through Jericho. That means this way to Jerusalem, nothing can hold us. A lot of obstacle is there, but nothing can hold us. The fourth one is they have to pass through Jordan River. So pass through Jordan River. That means anyone who is willing, you have to pass through. Um, this is a matter of volunteer. Well, uh, that's the second river they pass through. The first river they pass through is the Red Sea. That is no, no choice. You have to pass through because Pharaoh is going to kill you. But to pass through Jordan River is a matter of volunteer. You have to be willing to pass through. And passing through Jordan River, then you will rise up. That is in resurrection. Those who walk into the Jordan River, they are coming out from Jordan River. That is Okay, this is the way how we get into the enjoyment of the Jubilee. It needs our willingness, our um, initiative, our volunteer spirit, like go through the Jordan River. Well, with this attitude, we know Satan is using all kinds of things, attack us, all kinds of barriers frustrate us, obstacle. But praise the Lord in resurrection, we have uninterrupted spirit. We are heading toward Jerusalem. Uh, verse 33, however, I must, I must die in Jerusalem. I must journey today, tomorrow, and on the following day because it is not acceptable for a prophet to die outside Jerusalem. Saints, we're going to die in Jerusalem. What Satan can do? Just to cause us to die. But death cannot hold the resurrection life. And verse 34, the Lord is speaking to the religious people, to those who are not in Jubilee. They are in Jerusalem. Saints, we choose, are we in Jerusalem or we are in Jubilee? In the religious people, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You kill the prophets. You stone those who sent to you. But I often desire to gather you, your children together. Like a hen, gather uh, all the little birds the brood under her wing. But you, Jerusalem, you're not willing. You would not. 
I try to invite you to come to enjoy the jubilee under the wings of like a hand to cover you. But you are insist, you are stubborn in your religion, trying to find out is this, are we keeping the law? Uh, is this wrong? Is this sin? Is this mistake? Is this wrong? Oh, forget about Jubilee. You've been uh, bound by the spirit of infirmity. Why don't you be released, free from all this kind of bondage? And the last verse, verse 35, is a warning Behold, your house, underline yours. That means no more mine. Before, this temple is mine. But now, your house is left to you. This has become your house. That means I'm not there. does not belong to me. I leave this house of law, this life, ordinances, all these things. I left this house to you. to become yours. And I say to you, shall by no means, that means definitely, you, you will see me and the time when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. At that time, you will see me. You will see me and then all the Jews shall be saved. At that time, when I come back, today you don't want to come, but definitely one day when I return, you will say, blessed is who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, from 31 to 35, refer to his resurrection and he will come back. Sooner or later, he's going to bring us to Jubilee. Amen. He will bring the Jubilee, the enjoyment of the Jubilee in the millennium. Then, in this age, if we're not willing to be here, under wings of jubilee and then he's going to bring us one day and he will come and we'll say blessed is who come in the name of the lord and he resurrection that means in resurrection he will bring us into the millennium oh lord wonderful amen let's learn how to speak okay? saints uh, i feel uh, we must learn, get into the constitution of the, of the truth. Let's learn to speak the truth to one another, if possible. Just keep learning. Okay? Let's break into groups, and if possible, we come back even. can overflow something that everybody's portion can fill in.